Welcome to Where the Lotus Grows, Getting Dirty and Growing Strong with Kimberly Searle and Tanya Drew. As integrative sustainable movement educators and health advocates, our goal is to provide you with evidence-based information gathered from research, experts in the field, and our personal and professional experience to help you advocate for your own health and wellness. Our mission is to collaboratively navigate the thick, muddy waters of life to empower, accept, and cultivate our most authentic selves. Welcome back, Courageitarians, to Where the Lotus Grows. I'm Kimberly Searle. Tanya Drew. Today we're going to talk about muscle skeletal part four, shoulders and upper extremities. And this is, I think, last time we talked about the pelvic floor. And, you know, the shoulders are more about moving forward. And the shoulder girdle is in a sympathetic relationship with the pelvic girdle, right? So the pelvis is about stability and the shoulder girdle is more about mobility. And as we say in all our muscle skeletal discussions, this is not an anatomy lecture. There are better places for you to go to gather a deeper knowledge of anatomy. This is kind of a broad view, overstrokes, if you, if you might say, brush strokes over the... whole anatomy picture of the shoulders and if you would like something more specific you can always leave that in a comment section or go visit our friend Mary Richards an experiential anatomist to dive deeper into the knowledge and of course we're going to provide you with lots of resources and visual aids at the end of this episode so that you can kind of take a look for yourself one of the things that I did want to point out so one of the things that I like to do when it comes to musculoskeletal issues is to just do a really quick google search as a barometer so when I look up yoga for shoulders then specifically what I got was pain (laughs) tension injury arthritis and a rotator cuff so when looking at the searches and the popular searches for yoga for shoulders, those are the items that came up and maybe some of the action items that we will discuss today. So let's just talk a little bit about refreshing your joints. Have you ever thought that uh, you understand more about your car than your own body? Our body is very complex. So the point where two bones meet is a joint and the joint is surrounded by a joint capsule and many ligaments. The ligaments form the joint and decide how flexible the joint will be. The ends of the bones are covered with cartilage, a pressure proofing and a lubricating material. And between the two cartilage surfaces is what is called the synovial fluid. And between the cartilage and the synovial fluid provide an almost friction-free area in the joint. So when our joints feel stiff, oftentimes it is due to the state of the joint being cramped by our muscle tension. And when our joint becomes inflexible, it's due to a pathological change in the cartilage surfaces, such as rheumatism or arthritis. The joint is nourished through the blood supply, synovial fluid through underlying bony surface, and the joint movement of every day. 
that we do. And so we need that movement regularly to support this. The shoulder girdle consists of four bones, two shoulder blades, two collarbones. The collarbones are delicate and are an S-shaped bone. Yeah, you might say they act as a shock absorber between the shoulder blades and the breastbone and connects our arms to the sides of the body. So those are the clavicles that literally right at the collar run. Some people have really prominent ones that run just at the base of the throat and out towards the shoulders. Right. And the shoulder complex consists of four joints, the connection between the upper arm and the shoulder blade, the connection between the shoulder blade and the collarbone, and the connection to the thorax between the collarbone and the breastbone. And the connection between the shoulder blade and the thorax moves like a joint but doesn't have any synovial or joint capsule. So many people complain about tension in the upper back between the shoulder blades, and then this extends into the neck and shoulders. So the outline of the shoulder blade kind of reminds me of the shape of Africa with a prominent mountain range crossing it from coast to coast. So maybe from the Atlantic Ocean to the Red Sea. And this mountain range is the spine of the scapula and was originally the upper edge of the shoulder blade. And at the end of the mountain range is a cliff that hangs over the head of the upper arm bone. And this cliff is called the acromium. So the shoulder blade height is between the second to seventh ribs. And there's about 16 muscles that attach to the scapula and they all vie for its favor. The only other bone that surpasses that would be the jaw that has 20 muscles attached to it. So the more muscles there are, the more potential for tension. Right. And (laughs) my son, who's almost seven, he likes to call the scapula the wing bone. (laughs) So he's like my wing bones because he can kind of wing them out in the back. But yeah, like you have all of those muscles working together and you really want them to work in harmony because it is a symphony for your movement. But if something, just like a symphony, if, if one of your instruments is off key, if one of those muscles isn't working correctly or maybe is injured in some way, then you're going to experience pain, discomfort, and a lot of other related issues. So, and maybe you, you mean to touch on this sooner, but I just wanted to point out, so just like the hip, the shoulder is a ball and socket joint. So what it has, as Kimberly said, the head of the humerus fits into the socket. A lot more mobility than the hip, but not as much stability. So go ahead and take it from there. Well, to me, tension is misinterpreted movement. And I feel sometimes we have this narrow definition of tension, and that's that There's a place in the body that feels tight, hard, hurts, is knotted or cramped. But I think of it as being an emotional root cause, not being addressed. And the portion of the body where movement should be happening isn't. So then we're getting improper circulation there and it's becoming stagnant and tension is occurring. Kind of like, you know, when a river doesn't have a flow through it, it gets kind of that stagnant water look to it. So tension can return again and again like a habit. And sometimes we pick it up from our environment. We can become vulnerable to absorbing other people's tension, especially if we're tired and stressed out. So one way I counter this is to make sure that my own relaxation is deep enough so nothing in my environment disturbs it. And I do that through my Shavasana practice. It allows me 
relaxation to be anchored in both my body and mind. And sometimes this is difficult for me because I often feel time pressures or I have time robbers that kind of steal my relaxation time. And it's really hard to work at, especially when I live in a society that rewards me for not relaxing. So sometimes I think when we talk about time, it's only in a negative connotation. We think that something has to be done quickly because otherwise one is doing less or we lose time is our biggest loss to abundance and joy of time. And shoulders are where we carry the weight of the world, our relatives, the work that we're doing. We also have this big word responsibility that weighs heavily here, such as doing our duties, mortgage payments, six children, demands of our in-laws. And when we have problems with shoulders, it indicates our avoidance of our own issues, being so busy dealing with our obligations to others that we have little time for ourselves. The shoulders get tense and rigid. And when you're not expressing your needs, you are not doing something that you would rather be doing, right? You're kind of forcing yourself into something. So when you feel you have too much to do, when you feel scared or you're reaching out and wanting to pull back into safety of doing nothing, we start to get these hiccups in the shoulder so, you know, sometimes I hear clients say, well, I had a frozen shoulder and that could be an indication of emotional coldness is affecting you. Or we see the raised shoulders where they're, you know, wearing their shoulders like earrings. And that could be an indication of fear and anxiety. We also see hunched shoulders kind of rounding forward. And that can be an indication of overwhelmed by the burdens of life's problems. And then we see the shoulders that are pulled rolled back far back where the chest is kind of forward like a shield and that could indicate that there's a false strength often hiding feelings of fear or inadequacy kind of a false bravado of like you know I got this and a way of really holding back feelings especially the ones that need to have this yearning to reach out and be expressed. As you were talking about all of these conditions related to the shoulder the energetic relationship. One of the other things that I could not help but think about with every single way that you described, you know, wearing the shoulders like earrings, uh, having the forward shoulders, the back shoulders, the tension in the neck. I can help but also think about what a huge role breath plays in to that. Mm -hmm. So with both the energetic variable and with how people come in, and I've seen this in clients of my own, with something like overactive upper trapezius that they, they take as shoulder-related issues, when in reality it could be related or the clavicles, <laughs> you know, improper breathing also relates to both of these things. And so I think that, you know, as we've talked a little bit about the anatomy of the shoulder girdle, the thorax, I think it's really important to also mention or give an honorable mention to breath and to the fact that how we breathe can affect the shoulders, it can affect the clavicles, it can affect movement and muscles. Like you said, everything has to work in symphony so they can be off and the role that breath plays in that. So that's where, again, I kind of said this in our hip discussion, but I feel like yoga takes movement therapy one more step and looks at uh, something a little bit more than just the physicality of the movement. Yeah, I would agree. 
I also think that organs create flexibility while finding balance between the being and the doing. And Eric Franklin talks about a lot on how to relaxation and energetic charging of an organ has a direct bearing on our flexibility. And we can use the visualization, use visualization for our mind. We can use touching. We can use our voice to support us in creating this relaxation. And one example of an organ might be the kidney, right? It's a key organ for relaxation in the whole body. And oftentimes I get working so much during my days that I've kind of fallen asleep to my body's sensory systems. And by slowing down, I can re-establulate or or re-stimulate and kind of wake up my body's messages. And if I can support myself throughout my day with my yoga capsules, I end up having better concentration, more energy. So I'm talking about quality of perception or proprioception and not mindless quantity of checking off that, you know, I did five sets of legs and six sets of shoulders. So at one point, I became really overwhelmed with trying to busy myself in healing and improving myself. And the reality is, is that my body is always healing itself at every moment. I have millions of immunity cells that are purifying inside my pituitary glands, working along with other glands and hormones, taking care of and maintaining my homeostasis. I have trillions of cells just constantly being busy, creating new proteins. And I learned to start to trust this process. So rather than focusing on my ailments, learning to live and trust that my body is healing itself in every moment and my cells are refreshed and refueled and I trust it completely. So when we're carrying our shoulders too high, the spine gets overloaded which is a cost of energy and the body reduces its stability. So learning to relax the trapezius muscle, like you had mentioned before, and the levator scapulae will allow us to deal with daily life and allow it to flow so that we begin to attract helpfulness, right? So shoulders are moving forward and energy. And I like to visualize the process of the shoulders kind of lowering and falling down, kind of draping over my pelvis like this infinite process that just doesn't stop so it's stretching the diaphragm the collarbone I can massage it with my fingers I can liven up my feet even does wonders for my shoulders having that firm foundation and I teach a foot workshop that everyone is always amazed at the end of doing that when we spend several hours in this workshop on the feet that their shoulders are relaxed so the more active the feet are the more your shoulders can release And this strong foundation kind of allows for that shoulder process to happen. I like that you say that and that you mentioned that. One of the things that I discuss with my clients a lot when it comes to shoulder-related issues, upper body-related issues, a lot of it comes from lifestyle. So we are constantly kind of forward and rounded through the shoulders with the things that we do. Mm -hmm. We drive a desk all day. We are on our computers. We are on our cell phones. We're looking down and we're rounded in driving, doing dishes, caring for children. So many things in life just require us to kind of bring the hands in towards the midline and look down and kind of be curled in 
towards ourselves. And it really takes a conscious effort to go out of our way to do the opposite of that. So to facilitate some backbends, some opening, to draw the shoulders back and down and away, to to walk with good posture. I think a lot of people have a very good friend of mine who has like a kyphosis, like a rounded shoulder that she's had since high school, just be, you know, in relation to poor posture, that is something that is not helped by the fact that, you know, she works a desk job and she's at a computer all day and she's on the phone with one ear cradled into the phone. So I really think that our lifestyle contributes to this a lot too. So a lot of shoulder pain and upper extremity pain is in direct relation to that as well. And if we're not strengthening all of those muscles that work in symphony with the scapula and surrounding the thorax, then we're really setting ourselves up for further injury because we're not strengthening those areas. Yeah. And that kyphotic posture that you're talking about, the further the head gets forward, the more the head weighs, the more it affects our bladder and, you know, everything that we do pretty much in our daily living now is compromised right in the front of the body yeah and and then that can lead to uncomfortable like weight gain in the body like carrying stuff on Mm -hmm. the front all of those things kind of show up in that way so like when we talked about hips when we talked about uh, low back pain and we talked about compensation patterns and how, you know, compensation in different areas of the bodies can affect things all the way up that kinetic chain. It's the same thing coming back down. So different stuff, forward head, text neck, I think is what they called it. Although back in our day, it was Nintendo neck. Do you remember that? <laughs> Thank God that didn't, wasn't an epidemic yeah. like they thought it was going to be. But, you know, doing things that then are poor habits, poor posture. People, I think about people in their job. I have friends who are dental hygienists, hairdressers. You know, they're even more forward and stooped over or require repetitive motion. Thinking about a hairdresser blowing out hair, Mm -hmm. repetitive motion. That puts a lot of stress on the shoulders and upper back. Mm Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think it really boils down to giving yourself permission to play with movement as a devotion in your your daily life. And every night I take a shower and I imagine that I'm standing there underneath the shower head. You know, the water's flowing over my neck and my shoulders and my back. And all the tensions and difficulty of the day have just been washed away. I like that. I like that a lot. I also practice something similar. But as we're sitting here and I'm thinking about it because I, I... I overuse my upper traps and I end up with upper shoulder pain and neck pain quite a bit. One of my favorite things, one of my go-to restorative postures is some form or variation depending on the intensity of fish pose. Mm -hmm. And so for those of you listening who are unfamiliar, so a fish pose typically is done with a bolster. If you want to intensify it, you can do it with some blocks, which is one of my favorite ways to do it. But a bolster a long ways from the base of the spine all the way up to support the back of the head allows you to lay 
on your back over the bolster so that your shoulders kind of waterfall off both sides. And so what that does is it's a very restorative posture that allows the shoulders to do just the opposite of what you've been doing all day, which typically for all of us, like I said, you're driving, you're doing dishes, you're caring for children, which is rounding them forward. So it does the exact opposite and allows them to relax back and allows you to get that back bend in a way that's also really supported, mm-hmm. doesn't require the use of the muscles. It kind of lets everything relax. Mm-hmm. And like I said, there's variations that you can do with blocks that you can intensify it a little bit more. I like to take a block long ways, like right at the bra line, mm-hmm. set another block up tall to support the back of my head and just hang out there. <laughs> But that pose isn't necessarily for everybody. Yeah, I like to take two yoga blankets and I fold them in fours and kind of make a cross with them. Okay. A plus sign and then I'll put my shoulders in the center and, you know, open up that way as well. Kind of splay out. Mm-hmm. So so these back bends and, you know, they're back bends and they're heart openers. And like Kim said in the beginning, we talked about the energetic things behind our shoulders and kind of some of the meaning behind that. I think when you think about those postures, a posture that's a gentle backbend through the thoracic spine is a heart opener. And so then you're being open. You're releasing the weight of the world off your shoulders and you're opening up your heart and you're being maybe a little vulnerable, maybe a little available, which might even be a counter to some of the things of the curling in and the curved in. And you've worked with some clients. I think that you liked Fisherman's work. Lauren Fishman. So I've had a couple of clients with rotator cuff and rotator and specifically a, why can't I think of the word right now? Because I'm pregnant and my baby is sucking away in my brain. A labral tear in the shoulder. So one of the things that I have found to be really helpful for understanding how the shoulder works, how the uh, scapulars and subscapulars muscles should be working is to do what Lauren Fishman calls a forearm triangulation. And essentially there's a couple of different ways to do it. And I'm going to put a reference to the book at the end of our show notes today so that I'm not taking up too much time but he calls it the tfs the triangular forearm support and essentially you're putting weight on your forearms in the form of a triangle and you can do this at the wall you can do it in an inversion like a headstand to properly realign the shoulders and uh, get a sense for what muscles should be working instead of compensating in the rotator cuff. And I'll put that information and education on the website. Yoga movement, yoga and movement therapy, again, for common causes and conditions, this time with the shoulders, shoulder pain, I think we talked about, well, I just talked about rotator cuff, arthritis, Kim mentioned bursitis, which we've mentioned before in previous episodes, just inflammation of the bursa around the joint capsule. Yoga and movement therapies, These practices work because they strengthen the surrounding muscles. They can increase flexibility, maybe if things are inflexible. They can re-educate or correct compensation patterns that may be causing 
negative effects. So again, making sure all of those 16 muscles in the shoulder are working in a symphony with one another. And this helps to decrease pain and increase awareness. I cannot stress this enough. Yoga and other movement therapies really work with the somatic response to increase awareness as to how your body works and to live in an anatomical reality for you. Understanding your own anatomical needs, educating yourself. A lot of this is preventative medicine. So we spend a great deal of time, I think, in grad school really talking about proper alignment in shoulder and weight-bearing postures, plank pose, dolphin pose, downward-facing dog, and how to properly use all those muscles in symphony. And that's really preventative medicine. So that's where you can prevent injuries to the shoulders, to the rotator cuff, to the labrum, specifically by learning how to use the other proper support muscles, your serratus, which run along your rib cage, your, you know, we talked about them already underneath the shoulder blades. Again, my brain is fried. I'm not thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but all of the muscle groups working together mm-hmm. and in proper form. So and that there are you're 16 not, muscles that sixteen muscles. shoulder blade. <laughs> so that you're not dumping into the wrong ones. So that you're not relying on the labrum or the rotator cuff or other parts of the shoulder girdle to do the work that that those muscles should be doing. So yoga and other movement-based therapies are really great for understanding these atomical needs. And again, finding compassion when you have injury and acceptance for change associated with lifestyle changes just in general. Any other closing thoughts, Cam, on shoulders? No, just keep them mobile and moving. Yes, with the shoulders. If you don't use it, you lose it. Try and find proper alignment and really work to strengthen those 16 other muscles to facilitate mobility in our most mobile joints of the body. So thank you so much for listening. If you've got some information about shoulders that you would like to share with us, um, your own shoulder stories, We'd love to hear them. You can share with us at wherethelotusgrows.com. You can also go there for all the resources, for all the books and websites and information that we talked about in this episode. Again, all of those resources will be there. Probably some diagrams of the shoulder and that beautiful little description that Kim gave us of the shoulder blade looking like Africa. I really like that. So all of that information will be available on the websites. If you love us, leave a review If you don't, you can leave a review too. But I mean, seriously, why would you do that? (laughs) You learn from everyone. Uh, That's right. If you like what you hear and you want to support us monetarily, then there are different ways that you can do that, including becoming a Patreon patron. And we hope that you will do so. And we have some extra goodies for you if you do. Speaking of extra goodies, if you want a little bit of Where the Lotus Grow swag and you're looking for a sticker, leave a review on iTunes or your favorite social, not social media platform, the podcast platform. <laughs> listening platform. iTunes, Stitcher. Stitcher, Google the Google Music Play Store, all yeah. of those places. Leave us a review. We'll send you a sticker. Even if it's a bad review, we'll leave you a sticker. We love you. Thank you. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to Where the Lotus Grows. Join us in further conversations. We believe that you bring valuable knowledge to this community. You can find us at wherethelotusgrows.com 
where the Lotus grows on Instagram and Facebook, or Twitter, where the Lotus G1, because we were not on top of that one. Remember that though we are professionals in our field, the topics discussed and or advice given is general information and not intended to treat or diagnose. Please seek the guidance of a medical, integrative health, bodywork, or yoga therapy professional for a full evaluation. If you like what you hear, please take the time to rate us on iTunes or your preferred podcast platform.